Hi everybody and welcome back to B2B Nav. Uh, this week we've got the usual suspects of John and Ollie with us, but we've got a very special guest in the form of Mr. Leon Mills of Adam Recruitment. Welcome, Leon. Thanks for having me. First time on camera for you on a podcast, I believe. I've heard of uh, Yes, it is. Yeah? I've Yeah, it is. So uh, if I do do any stuttering, just bear with me. Well, you're an expert, you're an expert <laughs> in your own podcast. Anyway. We'll, <laughs> well, thank you. That's, we'll very, that's to, very kind We'll come on to, to that one later. Um, but firstly, thanks for agreeing to come on. And thanks for agreeing to chat all things kind of talent, talent acquisition and recruitment with us, I guess, in the modern workplace. Um, to give a little bit of context to any listeners or any viewers out there of why we wanted Leon on this podcast, we work with Leon here at BDB in terms of our own and talent acquisition and recruitment. Um, but it really came home to me at an E3 conference that myself yeah. and you were at in Arnhem late last year, where there was 30 different international agencies attending. And we were asked to kind of talk openly, I guess, and transparently about the uh, the main problems we're facing as a, as a B2B a marketing agency or a consultancy or wherever mm. people are we're putting themselves on that scale for the meantime. But every single agency in the room talent acquisition, recruitment, how again, whatever you want to phrase it, seem to be struggling with that and not only evolving their agency structure and attracting and retaining talent, but also their employer proposition, their brand. Yeah. Um, and I thought it'd be good from the other side of the fence, because mm-hmm. I guess you're, you see a lot of candidates and you also know a lot, a lot of agencies to kind of get your, your take on that. Do you want to give us a bit about Adam before we get into it in terms of who you are, how long you've been trading, yeah, what yeah, kind of your way you're up to just to preface that, it's not just you guys that are struggling to find talent. Sure. I think talent, the, the problem of finding talent is absolutely rife here, there and everywhere. Sure. So um, I'm going to be advising, but at the same breath, I'm going to be sitting here as a, as a, as a struggler as well. Counseling so, sessions. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so all of us counseling share, share yeah, yeah. our headaches together. Yeah, so we don't need to, need to feel victimised. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, who, who am I? Who are we? So as you said, um, I'm one of the joint founders of, a, of Adam. And we launched our business, bloody hell, fire, how many grey hairs have we got? Uh, about 14, 15 years ago. Yep. Um, my business partner, Richard, and I, we did work for a, a large corporate, mm-hmm. but we always had a yearning to do something for off our own bat, but yep. also our focus was all about partnerships, mm-hmm. relationships, people, yep. as opposed to when we're working for this large corporate, yep. firing out CVs, sure. sending an invoice, and then moving on to the next thing. Yep. So, um, yeah, we launched, as I say, 14 years ago with a view to helping not just agencies, but uh, businesses find excellent talent in marketing, digital, tech, and also HR. Okay. Uh, and that's both in-house and agency. Yeah, in-house and agency. Cool. And we've got an office both. Our HQ's in Manchester. Uh, we just bought a, uh, an office in the Northern Quarter. And we've also got a, a presence in London. So mm-hmm. we can basically service both our, our, our nexus of clients across both, yep. both cities. Great. Okay. And I guess in terms of why is it so prevalent at the minute, you think? Why do you think so many people are struggling with the acquisition talent people. We, so are, we are. are. In the sense of uh, we're looking to onboard people. I've got a fast. theory on this, but it might have run out now. Okay. So I think a lot of it has got to do with 2008. Okay. So when there was the crash, and you'll have mm. experienced this. Yeah. Everyone just the walls went up. You know, the barricades were put up, and everyone was just trying to survive. Yep. And I remember there being like a redundancies left, right, yeah, and centre. Yeah. Mm-hmm no investment in staff, no investment in training. Yeah. And it was really noticeable. So that's what, 12 years ago now. Yeah. And I would say... When you joined us four or five years ago, there was a real pinch point on the talent acquisition around a certain level. It's about then, so it's about SA, it was about AM Mm -hmm. and really talented high-flying SAM. Yes. And it's still true today, but you couldn't find them for love and money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I... 
from what I can sort of work out in my own head, that's down to the fact that at that point in 2008, mm-hmm. probably through to 2012 maybe, you know, it was a good mm. three to four year period where it was really low end recruitment. Yeah. Minimal, you know, everyone was running as lean as they possibly could. Sure. So there's nothing in the, in the gene pool. Yeah. And you're expecting those people to come up to yeah. be backfilled. And they're just hanging on to them and will probably, no doubt, come on to over-remuneration and, you know, hanging on to people and overpayment. But I think people were just paying through the nose yeah. just to keep hold of this one little gem they'd had. Mm-hmm. And that just left it bereft, you know. So when, when I joined, you know, four or five years ago, it was that, you look around, you're like, where are they? Mm. And you can see them, but there's no one in the actual marketplace. And I imagine that, you've probably seen that, and it's a real pain for you to kind of... Yeah. Um, yeah, just trying to cast my mind back, yeah, 12 years ago now, but yeah, it seems like yesterday, you, you're totally right. There was a complete lack of investment out there to, yeah. to develop people. And um, is it still a problem? It might well be. Yeah. Um, is it still as rife that as, as it was 12 years ago? I don't think it is, but... But I think the residual knock-on yeah, is, yeah. you know, people are very people get more cautious. I mean, we spend... I think that's fed a lot of the problems. That's what I thought. I think yeah. a lot of the things we'll come on to in terms of remuneration, salary expectations, desires and requirements com- of hires. People get overly yeah. comfortable, don't they, and overly sort of assured of their own net worth. But if it is such a big problem, in it across all, let's, let's focus on agencies for the meantime, because yeah. it's easier for us to do that, knowing what we know and sort of a decent chunk of, I guess, the work that you do. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you describe the current level of confidence, I guess, in the marketplace at the minute? Are you seeing lots of opportunities, growth or contraction? Or what, what are you seeing from your side of the fence? Yeah, I think, yeah, obviously the, the business is good at the moment. Yeah. You know, we're talking to a lot of business owners across London, Manchester, who have an appetite to grow. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, look at the, the political situation. That yeah. hasn't hampered um, the appetite and the no. thirst for people to get out there. Sure. Um, I think we, we, we've seen that. There's yeah. bags yeah. of business out well, there. Well, Brexit seems to be a, the, yeah, the, you know, it's a bit like the Millennium Bug at the minute, yeah. but there's well, a lot of talk to, yeah, about yeah, it, sure. but the impact yeah. doesn't seem to be anywhere. You were chatting with a client who's based overseas over lunch, and they were asking, you know, how are you feeling? You know, we've just had the Spanish Inquisition getting in through Manchester Airport Customs. How is it working for you as a business? Yeah. Like, nothing. Nothing. There's nothing yet. And, you know, whether it comes to pass, who knows? Yeah. I think the best businesses or the best agencies that we're working with mm-hmm. who've got a, a, a really clear vision on where they where they are now but where they want to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're working with the right clients. Yeah. They've got the right the right team in, in the business. They've yeah. got a high level of engagement. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that are really, really going, mm-hmm. going hard and fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and do you think that kind of that growth thing, is that coming around? coming about as part of a growth strategy so they're kind of building the team ready for what they hope is going to land or is it retrospectively we've just landed the whale we need a bigger boat well, i think that's the ideal scenario isn't it higher yeah. higher um before the curve you know, i think all all errors that are made within that's, a, the, that's, a, a, that's a, what the business books tell you isn't exactly, it exactly like, but it takes all, a brave man to do it sometimes yeah. the, the most errors that i that i see and continue to see is when people win a piece of business I need, a, I need X, Y, and Z. Win it and worry about uh, it. Win it and worry about it. I guess that becomes harder, doesn't it? Because you've got to then find a very specific beast to fit a role that they've kind of now found themselves in need of rather yeah. than finding it, someone who's right for the agency and then you build them to the client. And it's the whole ethos of hire slowly yeah. and fire fast, yeah. isn't it? But yeah. when you, when bums need to be put on Absolutely. seats, yeah. that's when corners are cut and that's when errors are made and that's when yeah. all the, the knock-on effects of, of making that wrong hire yeah. um, materialise. So. And do you think in terms of, 
because Ollie, you've, you've done a lot of hiring for us into your team recently. Yeah. It's been growing. So we've brought sort of four or five individuals into kind of the, the digital and tech side of it. It was the last four years, so yeah. It's a couple of them with uh, Adam's assistance here. Yeah. Um, but in the sense of how have you found the availability of talent in the marketplace? And I'd be interested to get Leon's take on that um, as well. But It's certainly not what you'd hope for. So my background being kind of digital marketing and I guess relatively more recently kind of the tech and martech uh, side of things. It, you, you kind of hear about these being huge areas, but there don't seem to be many people to, to service that, at least from what I see. You kind of expect to put a CV out, sorry, a, a job spec out, and expect to be overwhelmed with CVs, and it's mm. just not what we've really seen. Sure. I think, I, I kind of feel like there might be a problem with the way we're setting people up for these jobs in terms of education in the first place. Mm -hmm. I think it's changing now with apprenticeships that are helping to gear people up, and we've had a couple of apprentices on board going down that route, so they're starting from a young age, getting trained in it. But in general, I don't think our education system has been set up in the past to help with kind of digital, for example. Yeah. So I think you get a lot of people that are self-taught and that may or may not be good. Um, obviously, it depends on yeah. how, uh, how determined they were and what quality material they found. Um, so yeah, I think when we've seen candidates coming through, we've, we've not seen a lot um, of CVs, certainly not as many as we'd expect. Um, There's a lot of talk about like the swell of talent in the yeah. Northwest, particularly in the UK, yeah. where... You know, there's, there's so many uh, digital uh, natives and people in this digital and technological-based world, but... There's a lot of people. There's yeah. a lot of people with a lot of different And then some titles, expectations yeah. are kind of, yeah. you know, very wildly. You can you can have CV through and, and you think that's somebody that could maybe do it, but they don't really feel right. And the salary expectations are way higher than other people that you think are dead right for the job yeah. and have loads of relevant experience. And are you seeing that at the minute, Leon, in terms of, I guess, I, I, I phrased it here when I was doing the planning for the podcast in terms of that talent scarcity, and that might be going a bit to the too extreme yeah, yeah. with it, but is there, is there a link between the availability of talent, obviously, where people are putting the price points on, on salary expectations? <laughs> just well, just to pick up on that first, but I think I think there's two problems. I think there's, there's more opportunity than there are people out there. Yeah. And I think business owners and senior leaders in businesses have wisened up to the fact that once you get an absolute superstar, yeah. we need to do everything that in our powers to keep them engaged, keep yeah. them motivated, and keep them focused sure. for as long as possible. So we're all having to sharpen our pencils with yeah. making sure they've got a 12. Every individual within our business has a 12-month development plan. Yeah. So they know exactly where they're going to get to. Yeah. And with all those tick boxes, they know exactly what the remuneration is going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to do stuff that's meaningful, that's purposeful, that's mm. exciting. Um, when when those boxes aren't ticked, that's when they'll have their head turned. Yeah. Um, I know Matt and I have both read a book that's really relevant to that yeah. for anybody listening, which is called The Alliance, which is written by Reid Hoffman and a couple of other people. Right. So Reid Hoffman being that. one of the founders of LinkedIn, but it's all about having, they uh, refer to it as tours of duty. It's American. Um, so it's all about having kind of one to five year kind of tours of duty for people. Yeah. That uh, This is what you're trying to achieve. We know you're not going to stay here together cause, uh, forever because that recruitment or that, that, that employment model has changed these days. You don't join a company for 50 years. Yeah. So it's how can we help develop you in that time and how can you really help us do something mm. specific in that time? And then towards the end of that, if that's gone well, let's work out what we do next together. And if it's time for you to move on, it's time for you to move on. But let's keep that relationship. I think that's what we've tried to mirror here. Mm. Try, I'm trying to and evolve into it, into giving people more cycles of experience as opposed to you sit in that bucket there, you are a copywriter, you will copyright for the next 20 yeah. years of your life. You know, it's more of a, we're trying to keep it fluid as much as we can here to play comfortable to people's strengths as well. So LinkedIn have obviously got very, you know, comfortable in their expectation there and their kind of understanding of the reality of the working world that things do change. And yeah. you can't expect, it's not like 
people are dockers anymore it's a job for life well it's a very much a silicon valley tactic as well yeah. where you've got you know a vast requirement for developers across all the different organizations that are based mm-hmm. there and huge salaries on offer and people move around a lot so it's trying to retain that for as long as you yeah. possibly yeah, can make yeah, the most yeah. out of it but equally what you don't want to then do is go the other way isn't it this moment someone sticks a hand up and that's why i really respect their approach is you don't go oh no you've you know, you've had the conversation, they've yeah. put the envelope in. Mm. You don't instinctively go, okay, how much does it take to mm. keep yeah, exactly. that? Because that then knocks <laughs> on to... Let's, like, keep, let's come on to that. You touched on Cycles Experience. Yeah. Um, we've started doing some uh, breakfast events in uh, in London. Yes. And our first breakfast event, Adam House, we, we've called it, um, was about culture. Mm. We got 10 agency mm. owners sitting around the, the table and we're talking about engagement, retention, and all that mm. kind of stuff. And... I guess it's all about understanding what what everyone's next two, three, four years looks mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And one of the owners around the table said, a couple of people that recently joined joined their business said, I just want to come and work, work for you for two years yeah. and then I want to go and sort of launch my own business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's cool. So I know I've got two years. Yeah. I can I can develop yeah. you. I can get as much out of you as possible. Yeah. And after that two years, shake hands, we'll move on. And that, that's the kind, I guess that's the kind of, Authenticity yeah. and honesty mm. we want from people. You're not going to get that with we've with got, a, with we've a got that in our own business here. Yeah, that's we? correct. We, that's we, we've had guys who turned up in an interview and said, "Right, I want I, you know, what, so what do you want? What do your long term aspirations? What do you want to do? I want to run my own business." Which, when I first heard it, took me back actually because I was like, "Well, hang on a minute, hang on." Because you your initial thought is, "We're going to have to hire you. We're going to have to pay a recruitment fee, and you're going to leave." And we're going to give you all the uh, and we're going to upskill you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're going to you to one day probably be in competition with us. And I think. It took me a while to get my head around it, and now I'm actually going, yeah, fair play to the fair yeah. place. And if you want, if, that, if that's what your aspiration is, one, yeah. one, it's not as it's very easy to say it, and it's a different thing to run your own yeah, business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, if they can do it, best of luck to, them, yeah. to an extent. They've got, right? a, yeah. they've got a real goal, which I'd expect means that they they put more work in and yeah. more focus. Yeah. And if they've got a time frame where they yeah. want to achieve yeah, it, by, yeah, so you can put them on a roadmap, can't you? Yeah. But back to the culture thing, so that, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And we've done loads and loads to try and kind of change reinvigorate create a culture which makes people want to stay yeah do you think there's like i and i think this might be the case that you know as you look you've got to kind of almost create i don't want to say subcultures but packages shall we say and benefits that kind of reflect people's life stage and you kind of very much so put something down you know for the the new to the industry to kind of four year then you've got your four to how, how are you seeing that with the candidates now in terms of like remuneration beyond base salary, I guess? Because back, back, soft, back, guess. back in the day, it, wasn't, it was just a base salary, wasn't it? No, like, you know, base, base salary and bonus and what, what did I have to do yeah, to get I remember, I remember, I remember yeah. at PwC in 2004 or five, they introduced PwC Choices. And it was the first, the first time I'd ever come across an online portal where you could go on and pick a few yeah. extras. Mm. And it cost you money generally because it wasn't it was done differently back then with the tax reasons. And everything. But it was the first time you could go on an elective flow. I'd like a car or I'd like a phone or I'd like a, yeah. what, a dentist cover or whatever it may be. And that just seems to be like a given these days. Because yeah. even yeah. when people say, you know, we, we say it, yeah. we, we've got a BDB choices package. You can go on and select your own benefits. Mm. It's almost table stakes, do you not think? Yeah. These days? Yeah. You say yeah. that and then people do literally, and I've, plenty of conversations where I'll go through the base benefits. Yeah. And you can literally see that the cogs turning going, yeah. really? I can't believe you get that. Or, you know, what I think our headline one and the one that's like the, the showpiece one is the unlimited holidays. Yeah. And people just get caught completely off guard by that. But then even stuff like the, you know, salary sacrifice mm. for a vehicle for anyone in the business, as long as the salary supports it, great pension, so Matt says yeah, but is it a nice to have or is it? I, I think 
I think you guys are ahead of the curve from from what I know regarding agencies, mm-hmm. and that not, that's not just playing smoke at your backside. Yeah. I think you're really trying to be forward thinking, and yeah, yeah the whole um, you know your your flexible working. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to feel as though they're trusted mm-hmm. in a culture. Yeah. Um, yeah, they want a culture that, that's that's forward thinking. Yeah, they want a culture where it's got a great bar like this. Yeah. And, but in addition to the beanbags and the snooker table and all that kind of stuff, yeah. they want to feel like they're working for a business that's got a great vision. Yeah. Um, really strong set of values. Mm. Um, and they want to they want to feel like, uh, as I say, they're they're empowered to do the job that they do. They want to be treated like adults. Yeah. And know that they're they're entrusted to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, what else am I seeing? I'm seeing. Um, the whole four day week, the yeah. event of the four day week. Yeah, um, I love that idea. Yeah. I love ballsy business owners. Do you think that, people that, do that already that you're working with? Or? Yeah, loads of people. Loads of people are doing it. Um, just for clarity, of people listening, because one for myself as well. Are they spreading four days over five, yeah. or are they doing four Flat. days? Yes, they're doing. They're doing. So, do you know what I mean? <laughs> the business that I'm working with are doing Monday to Thursday, literally closing on li- Friday and closing on Friday. Wow. And some people, some people will work on a Friday depending sure. on the client commitments, yeah. or some people so will. So it's kind of elective. Yeah. So is, that, is that nine point five hours of work on Monday to? Thursday, so they're making up the time, or is it just the same time but working? I think it's just getting the job done. Okay. Right. So it's a, an idea to give people more time to. Yeah. You know, I, get, I, I get the sentiment. We get, get the idea. I, 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 think, I totally I, get the sentiment of it. It's more of a fact, like for us, you know, we've got fifty-two clients who are mostly international. We'll be doing five-day weeks. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's one of the ones at the minute. I'm still trying to get my head around. I'm not yet. Yeah, yeah. I like, like the yeah, idea. I, I like giving back, but it's yeah, more yeah. of a wow. Yeah. Okay. The hard cut of that would be. Unlimited holidays, isn't it? So there's a flexibility. You know, we have yeah, well, yeah. flexible working from home. You know, that's when you feel you can. Yeah. Please do. You know, put yourself in an environment where you're going to be more productive. So I don't so know. So kind if of you're either doing twenty percent less work, or you're just fitting the same work into twenty percent more yeah. in one in those days. <laughs> that could be a whole different podcast. That's part yeah. of that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of time. We've got a lot, a lot of different things I want to try and cover <laughs> with you today. So I'm not. I'm not even going to stop watching the clock and just crack on. But in the sense of it's really easy to jump on the bandwagon, I guess, just switching it slightly here into the impact of kind of Gen Z and millennials and the younger generations. I think one of the things we, we, we're seeing here is kind of managing that multi-generational workforce. Mm. It's a different way of looking at it, that we've got people in their... Should we say late, late 40s I'm going to shoot for? Yeah, hopefully that's not insulted anybody internally. We're looking, we're looking, we're looking all right yeah. for yeah. all, all, all the way from apprentices, all the way through to that, I guess. And there isn't this one size fits all model, yeah. and that's why we've introduced yeah. the different things we've got. However, you can't argue against Gen Zs and millennials are changing the way you recruit, changing the way businesses are set up, changing the way. Um, you train, develop, cycle experience, whatever it yeah. may be. What's what's your take on that in terms of the younger generation's impact and their expectations? And you know, you touched on earlier in the sense of you know they want to be trusted. Mm. Do you it's think that are they willing to invest the time to be trusted, or, mm. or are they? Is it an expect? I hate to say it because I'll get slated for this by someone. <laughs> you know, there's that perception of expectation, isn't there? Yeah. And I you, thought you were going to use the word entitlement then, but I'm glad, I, you, I'm I, glad you didn't. I no, no, tried no. not to. Yeah. None, none of us said it. None of us said that. Couldn't possibly comment if you did. <laughs> um, but do you think there is that sort of thing? And where's the balance in that? Because I see it with some of the, kind yeah. of the younger people that come through and we interview. There is almost that sense of expectation around certain things with no proof or back, you know, back up yeah, to yeah. it. I think it's just a different mindset. Yeah. These people coming through now see the working world differently to what we do when we're in our 20s and 30s. All we wanted to do was work hard, get ourselves up to as, as high as, 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 as you could within that business. Get a mortgage, settle down, and then you pay off your mortgage. Yeah. 
for this generation, and I, as opposed to calling them millennials, I call them like the, the future leaders. Yeah. Because in essence, that's what these yeah. people are. Absolutely. So I'm trying You've to give them some kind of PR training. No, I haven't. Generally, <laughs> I keep, uh, that, that's I came up with that. I probably need to train that. But that's yeah. the, the, that's what these people are. They they are gonna. Yeah, when we are getting greyer than we are, these people are going to be taking over our, yeah. our jobs, and we need to trust them, and we need to make sure they're motivated, so make sure they're doing something meaningful. Yeah. Make sure we're stretching them, and they feel empowered to the job they do. The mortgaging is quite interesting. Actually, when you mention it, because you think actually the, the future leaders, as you will, millennials, Gen Z, you know, it's getting tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher to actually get yourself on the housing yeah. ladder. Mm-hmm. So is that actually coming out of the equation? You know, maybe there was this kind of historic approach of, right, my path is set, I need to get a job, I need to graft, graft, graft yeah. to get to the point where I'm earning enough to get a mortgage probably didn't in those days need as big a deposit. And then you can I kind of run that, that. Like, whereas now they're looking at going... My, my overall take on it is still that it's linked to the social media aspects of the world, probably, and without going to do it, you could do a completely different podcast on this, yeah, but yeah. that people want things quicker because they see it on online or on yeah. their social profile or on their, their social library of the people that they follow. I don't even think that's a generational thing, though. We're just with the access to technology we have now, we all want stuff quicker. Oh, yeah. We're all Amazon yeah. Prime yeah. addicts. And we so can get yeah, exactly yeah. 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 I get something every day. Every yeah. day for Amazon But I think that's where the... the well, you see it's tomorrow that it's going to make you annoyed. But <laughs> I think that's where the resistance yeah. or the annoyance comes from an employer when you see a CV with a year's experience yeah. with a kid. I'm not going to say that because it would have annoyed me at the time, so hopefully it's going to be not bad. Out but a kid, <laughs> a kid at the time who turns up with a year's experience, he's got salary expectations of I want 28k or something, yeah. and you go like, well, we were paying you 18, maybe equivalently or whatever it was a couple of years ago. Um, and they turn up the interview and go, what are you going to do for me? And we've, we've had it on yeah. several occasions where that's mm. almost the stance that's been taken on interview. Of, mm. Well, I know you're asking me questions here, but what are you doing for me? And by yeah, the way, yeah. I want 28K. Yeah. And I'll think about it at that level. And you, you sit there going, Ooh, okay, right, okay, this is different. Yeah. Um, but we're seeing more of that. So I can understand where the frustration comes from an employer perspective when you talk about loyalty. And yeah. I think all that's out the window now. You've got to give them the experience and get the buy-in from them. But... You know, I think I think we do a good job here with our team. That's on the onus of the employer, isn't it, to create mm-hmm. but I don't that think environment I, that people want. But I don't think people do themselves many favours at interviews sometimes when you sit there and you think, oh, no, wow, you, are, you are everything. People say yeah. you, you are. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> just one other point, and um, just, I've just remembered on, on the whole package, and yeah. there was a, um, I went to a, a, a gig down in London a few weeks ago, and there was a, there was a graduate survey about what, what is one of the, what's one of the, the key things that graduates look for in a, in a, in a business. And it's the, the mental health and mental well-being policy that each business okay. has. So that was, that was really interesting. That's, that's one of their most important things that they'll, they'll want to know about. I know you've, um, been, you've, you've been looking at that, embracing that, Adam, and we've got yeah. to say this. We've got mental yeah. health officers and yeah. policies and procedures. But it's, a, but it's a new area for me. It's something yeah. I've had to do yeah, a lot exactly. of reading on and a Oops. lot of research. Yeah, well, we're all moving up. Yeah. So, um, um, that just made me really think, Wow, um, that's what is really important to them. So, right. didn't yeah, then you kind of think, well, where, where the salary is sitting at? Where the we sur- but we surveyed our team, though, didn't we? We were going back yeah. about a year, year or two ago. Yeah. Because rather than second guessing them, we just, I said, look, well, I'll ask them. Yeah. So, we just surveyed Monkey, the entire team, gave them, gave, interestingly, because I did it, gave them 10 options of things that could be important in your working life. I've got to say, one of which mental health policies wasn't one of them. So it's been you know, candid. Yeah. I think that's something that's become even more more prevalent since. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. Um, but rank, we asked the team to rank them. Yeah. It was all anonymous, and they all ranked them one to ten. Base salary, uh, holiday, yeah, just base salary was still number one for for everybody. Mm. Which, well, sorry, not everybody, the majority, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or certainly in the top three for most people. But I, you know, listening to the Gen Z podcast that we do, and the guys I'm pointing at Sam over there, we're listening to your podcast the other day in the sense of. 
it's just an expectation that you have a market leading salary. Like it's yeah. not, it's not a thing. <laughs> I don't think it is. They, yeah, they yeah. expect that these days. Okay. Um, doesn't stop it being number one, though. Does kind it? of linked into that in terms of attracting and retaining talent. Then how how important do you think an employer brand is these days? And by employer brand, I guess I mean a presence, a profile, an awareness, things that people can go online, the, kick the, the tires off. The most important. Yeah. It's that virtual shop window, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and if you look at what the next gen, all the different suite of social media yeah. applications that people can use, you need to be, every business needs to be absolutely penetrating every, every different aspect. Okay. Um, and you're seeing candidates do that in the sense of checking out Instagram, YouTube, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's, that's what that's, 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 we do it brings it all, the other way, don't it we? Brings <laughs> it, it brings it all to life, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, 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 we're probably going to answer it, but the recruitment marketplace has changed. No one responds to adverts anymore. Yeah. They don't need to. It's yeah. all about we've got to go outwards to them yeah. and start evangelizing about who we are and what we do and yeah. how great a place it is and this yeah. is what the core cool work that we do sure. to really make them pique their interest, essentially. Yeah. All right, so I guess coming on to the next piece in terms of linking into what you've just been saying there, Lone, in relation to the apathy towards recruiters, it does exist in the marketplace, I think. I think it's improved in recent years. Yeah. Um, but it's still one of those line items you do see in your PL when you've got that recruitment spend and also comes into business planning when you know how much you want to spend on recruitment this year. Mm. and. So it's a difficult one to predict and kind of and forecast. But I guess, how have you had to adapt your own business model to attract and retain talent to you? And also, I guess, continue to deliver that market leading service that you want to for your agencies and businesses that you work with? Yeah, um, good question. Well, well, like yourselves, I know as ridiculous as it will sound, we have to engage in mm. recruitment to recruitment businesses. Rec yeah, yeah. Rec to rec they're called. Um, purely and simply because we don't spend our, our time 24-7 looking within that industry, so we have to do that as well. Yeah. But in terms of our model, have, have we evolved, pivoted, whatever term you want to use? I mean, we've we've evolved very much into a headhunting type business okay. um, based on the fact that the yesteryear recruitment 10 years ago, you could literally just chuck an advert out there, put your feet on the table, and it would be like shelling peas. That candidates would, would apply to you. So yeah. as we mentioned earlier, good people don't sit on databases. Sure. If employers are doing their jobs correctly. Supply yeah, exactly. If employers are doing their jobs correctly, they don't need to keep their head, they keep their head beneath the parapet. Okay. So what we do is go about really building a, a, a network of, of talent yeah. who we can say, you know, what if a role does come along that ticks ABC box? Would, yeah. you, would you have your head turned? Okay. So it might take slightly longer, but I guess we've got a, a virtual talent bench that, a, a black book of a talent bench that we can pick the phone up to and yeah. say, we're dealing with this business, this is the vision, this is the values, this is the purpose, and how does that sound? Oh, yeah, that sounds quite interesting. I um, guess you need that as well from the point of view of the way technology's evolved, with the likes of LinkedIn being there now, so yeah. I can go and post my own job advert on LinkedIn if <laughs> I want to, and the likes of Google job listings as well, so you can have Google doing the same sort of thing. So I guess it, you need to add the extra value to mm. it to, to it's make pre, it... It's pre-screening as well, I mean, from a very yeah. selfish point of view, and I've gone tried both routes you know sometimes yeah. you do just put bang stuff out on linkedin and you know hit I mean, we've tried it yeah, yeah. and just the amount a lot of the work the amount exactly, screening yeah. you have to do the amount of how uh, much time have you you guys got within your day job to screen 100 not cvs enough. of which of which 90 percent of plus that's I, think, I, think, well, I think linked to that there's a screen Skill side set, of yeah. things yeah. but it's also your your i think for, for me it's the reach and network that, well, that you yeah. guys have in the sense of yeah i can post something to my network on linkedin and it'll get some shares and it'll get responses yeah. get, we've had some cvs in most yeah. of them are completely irrelevant yeah. Um, which is but we only know who we know or yeah but that's what I mean so in the sense of I know if you yeah, send yeah. a CV through with somebody that we actually probably want to look at nine times out of ten mm -hmm. which is the beauty of it at least it just focuses the attention yeah. a bit more and I guess it? what we're doing now is we're, we're very I see ourselves as, as storytellers in the marketplace yeah you know, we're, we, we come into a business we have a discovery session we learn about 
what's happened, where you're going, all that kind of good stuff. And then we just go and be raconteurs and excite yeah. people. It's so that's strange, isn't it? Because it does feel like it's gone from being really sort of transactional, which I guess when you started, Adam, and when, you know, back in the day when we all started, it, it was quite a transactional yeah, thing, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I have a job, mm -hmm. there are some CVs, yeah. fine, let's go. Whereas yeah. now, I, I can see it being really tough, you know, yeah. but, you know people aren't sticking a hand up. No one mm -hmm. wants to be known to be looking, do they? Well, CVs so lifeless as well like when i've been sent stacks of cvs you just look at it and you it's really hard to tell if somebody's good bad a liar do you not use the grammar and <laughs> yeah, spelling yeah. test if there's a single mistake in it you just throw it <laughs> i don't like to penalize somebody well, for particularly making someone in digital yet. should know how to use spell checking words. <laughs> cv just gives you skills and experience doesn't yeah. it that's it you get nothing, well, nothing yeah. else well it gives you, you a at, list of things that might be their skills and experience yeah. have you looked or already experimented with using things like technology and recruitment so having videos of candidates and sending them to employees so you get a bit more flavor than the cvs is that something that's yeah it's some, some, something in that there are Business out there to do that. It's mm -hmm. something that we're that we're looking at. Um, it all depends what if if our a large tranche of our clients say this is what we want from you, we, yeah. we will go ahead and press the button. But that takes yeah investment and all that kind yeah, of stuff. So time. But, uh, extent, uh, it isn't broke, don't exactly. The moment's working. Yeah, yeah. The moment's yeah, working. Yeah. Um, just hope you guys don't don't mm -hmm. send me an email tomorrow saying right, we'd like some videos. We'd like some video. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We've exactly. had an idea. <laughs> I guess I've got I've got a bank of other questions I want to try and touch on today, but I am conscious of time. But I guess are there any key tips? For agency owners like 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 myself, like ourselves here yeah. in this round the table of how to work better with recruiters, because I think sometimes you know the, the, the blame can sometimes be put on yeah, recruiters yeah. on why yeah. things don't work, or you know you hear about you know CVs coming across that aren't relevant or whatever, and that's the biggest. It always seems to be the biggest yeah, frustration yeah. to this day. Is there any key tips or takeaways that you'd say as an agency owner, if you did X, Y, and Z, it oh, would yeah. streamline the process better? Or I think I think the key, the key to that is invest time in the relationships. Sure. Um, as as every business, we all have our relationships with our external accountants. We yeah. have relationships with our professional service, you know, our, yeah. our, our legal team. And it's all about nurturing that relationship. Mm -hmm. The more that a recruiter can become a pseudo part of your team, an extension to your talent team, sure. whatever, the more time we can spend in your business and learn about your business yeah. and have access to senior stakeholders in the business, we're going to learn more, aren't we? We're going yeah. to soak up more. We're going to be able to... Exactly. Yeah, wax, lyri wax lyrical about yeah exactly yeah. exactly the role you guys play yeah. with your clients yeah. the more that you spend time absorbed in their business the more you learn about it and the more value both businesses get out of out of each other mm -hmm. so i guess um that the accessibility yeah. being able to just pick the phone up and have a call with the decision maker i know it sounds so simple mm -hmm. but some businesses will just deal with you on email and it's like well, that, that's not, not dynamic it doesn't work, work it's it? not going to work how can yeah. we build a relationship with you if you're not going to pick the phone up yeah mm -hmm. um so just just basic stuff. I, do, you, do you get regular feedback from clients here? If it's like you send me a CV and I go no, do people actually take the time to sort of articulate why it's a no? Because I mean, I imagine that must be so frustrating for you. That you're going to found this company. I think I think he's great, yeah. and then you just get the no. I back. mean, that, that's that's a bugbearer, yeah. of course, yeah. um, because you could go and spend X amount of hours going and find finding three, four, five that you presume to be great people and yeah, yeah. they reject all of them and go, well, I'm not going to give you feedback. So, thanks. Well, okay, yeah, thanks for that time. I'm not going to get back. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's, yeah, it's a, I think the way we set out races is you, you set out a framework for what success looks like for both parties yeah, at sure. the very start. Yeah, very much like the yeah, races yeah. you guys do. So yeah. we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. It's just no. about clever business sense Let's have a great two-way dialogue, and yeah. that, let's let's make it happen. And I can echo that. I think in the sense of the relationship that we built over the years, but also when I first came on board at BDB, they had this kind of like bank of about eight, 
recruitment agencies yeah. that they used and they briefed all eight agencies yeah. on every opportunity and yeah. it was just a dogfight which normally ended up with chaos because everybody was approaching the similar candidates or yeah. whatever it was and one of the first things I did was cut it right back to one or two and we yeah. typically one or two recruiters now it's more around who we're trying to hire like we're discussing you know, the yeah, types yeah. of roles yeah. and what yeah. we need and what's your sweet spot versus yeah. somebody else's and you want a quality of service from a recruitment you company do. you, don't, you don't want us just to fire CVs ever willy-nilly you want yeah. us to go into the market meet the people make sure they align with your, your culture and your values yeah and then we'll deliver the, deliver the series based on all those boxes being ticked. Okay. Um, well, I can sit and speak to you all day, um, but I'm conscious we don't want people dying on treadmills or something. <laughs> they're in their earphones going on for a long time. Is that where they watch it on treadmills? I believe so. Oh, a, lot right, of, cool. a lot of people are doing We need to do some more analytics it. on it. But yeah. yeah. Um, but no, thank you again for coming on with us today. You're welcome. Thanks for Do you want to have a little plug of your Adamas podcast while you're on as well? Uh, yeah, I'd also like to invite you onto Fantastic. our podcast. Love to. Um, so yeah, no, we, we started doing a podcast um, six months ago. Um, and I've had some really interesting, amazing people from all walks of life. It's nothing to do with recruitment at all. I've had mm -hmm. business people, um, really interesting business people that have scaled and built and sold and done all kind of great stuff. I've had people that have lost, lost loved ones, yeah. tragedies, um, through cancer and other various different scenarios and people who've just got a great story to tell. So, um, I just feel humbled that I can sit with people for an hour and ask them great questions and hear their story really, and learn from really it. Really interesting. So, I've really, um, enjoyed, really yeah, enjoyed it genuinely in the sense of it's been uh, it's a really nice variety of topics. It's quite nice sometimes to go a bit off topic as well in the sense yeah. of taking us away from the, the core business world, but hearing about other people's journeys and so on. So yeah, no, uh, congrats on that so far. That. We'll I, know, get, I know how hard they are to do. We'll get you booked in. I look forward to it. <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks again. Hopefully everybody's enjoyed the episode. Um, you can find us across all the usual platforms. Um, and uh, don't forget to check out www.b2bknowledge.com for our content hub um, for all clients, prospects and contacts, helping people navigate the ever-evolving B2B marketing landscape. So thanks a lot and uh, see you next week. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.